beer sound. Hello, Internet. My name is Sean Michael Patrick Thompson. As always, your host of Drink to the Past, uh, the only podcast where Krill unboxes a PS5 while I ask you to share and subscribe and stuff. I am joined by co-host and or guests. That that, oh. that means Chris and uh, yeah. Krill today, which I already mentioned because Krill's here. Hello. Yeah, so. <laughs> never been here before. getting off to a good start. Is it? Yeah. All right. Hi, I'm Chris. Please don't vote now, because that's voter fraud. Unless you're in Georgia. Oh, yeah, but that's that's a runoff. They still got some stuff to work out, so, you know. Yeah. You can still vote in Georgia, but only if you vote for no fires in Colorado. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. That's a good law to have in Georgia, is no fires in Colorado. All right. So, uh, for... The uh, news and booze today. Uh, Chris is going to take us through the news and booze so that I can stream some Halo because uh, there's a uh, some some Halo related stuff happened today or this week. So Sounds good to that's me. pretty cool. Huh. So uh, first, I guess we'll start with Sean drinks something stupid out of my awesome Halo cup that I got with the release of Halo Two that uh, used to have an elite on it, and now it looks like. Uh, you, you can kind of still see the elite in there, sort of. It's been through the dishwasher a few times, but uh, yeah, Slurpee cups are awesome. Mm. I wasn't sure exactly what kind of cocktail Master Chief would have uh, gone with, but uh, missing content, didn't I? Oh, I'm in Halo 2. Why am I in Halo 2? I, I picked the wrong game. I have to drink. That's <laughs> uh, While you're drinking... Uh, <laughs> shall we start with what what you playing? Uh, yeah, actually, what you playing uh, is probably good because I've been playing several new things on a mysterious new thing. Uh, yeah, been playing several new things on a mysterious thing. Yeah, a Jeez, mysterious. Yes, the new Atari. It's actually this Xbox. <laughs> uh so yeah i got myself an xbox series s at launch because i'm so cool uh which is um kind of neat uh so this is the I first time Atari i've got xbox. a new xbox at launch um it's it's pretty cool um i got for size comparison ye old xbox 360 i got flames painted on my xbox 360 to make it go faster Somebody told me that works with race cars, so it should work with computer technology too, right? Uh, so. I am a I am a software engineer, and I can confirm that is the truth. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. So uh, this is actually a pretty cool little console. Um, it's actually been really awesome. Uh, I haven't played a ton with it yet, but uh, I played just enough to get kind of a first impressions on the podcast here. Um, so. The load times are the big thing for this machine. Uh, obviously, the frame or the it, it does have some games that can theoretically go up to the 120 FPS as well. Um, but uh, I haven't tried anything that does that yet. The patch for Halo to make it go 120 FPS will come out, um, I think, next week. So next week I should have some 120 FPS Halo uh, impressions there. Stand on the red square. See if I can do this. Oh look, I did it! Woohoo! Can I can I look? <laughs> um, yeah. So 
so far it's been pretty cool. I haven't played a ton, like I said, but uh, I played um, a little bit of Halo ODST, kind of just picked up where I was, which is kind of cool because I can pick up where I was on my cloud save uh, from playing on my phone. And that just transfers straight over to the console. It's like when you start it up, it's like it takes one second to sync and then and then you're good. So it's pretty cool. Huh. Um, and then uh, I also started uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is on Game Pass now because EA Play is on Game Pass. Uh, and that's actually really, really cool. Um, I'm not... It's, it's a kind of a last gen game now which is weird because it came out you know last year uh but now we're in a new generation so it it hasn't like wowed me with the graphics but it still looks pretty good and it runs really well and it boots up in like less than 10 seconds because ssds are cool ssds are just fantastic yeah that's generally my first impression um i'm actually playing halo right now uh on the xbox series s controller uh which came with the console which is kind of neat because i can just plug it in my pc as well and then i can play with the battery door removed uh which actually is one of the things that i would complain about about this controller is it for some godforsaken reason still uses double a's uh and actually taking this out like significantly reduces the weight of the controller and it's much more comfortable why is this shield thing still going no, because oh, I had yeah. to push A. <laughs> I had to push A. We have to drink. How how does it compare to uh, the Xbox One controllers? And likewise, uh, a callback to one of our first podcasts, like a fucking year ago. Yeah, I think uh, that was the first time you were on. Or maybe the second. I don't know. I don't I think remember. It was the second. The first right. one I distinctly remember we were talking about card games on motorcycles. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> card games uh, on yeah. motorcycles. Games. Um, yeah, but how, how does that rank? Um, so... I don't actually have an Xbox One controller for comparison, and I've played with them very few times, like at a buddy's house a few times is all I've played with them, so I don't have a good frame of reference for that. I don't like it quite as well as the Xbox 360 controller, which I've been using lately for all my Game Pass stuff, because it plugs straight into my TV and uh, or, and uh, PC. This guy's going to die. Watch. Ah, he died. I knew that. Sorry for the spoilers, guys. Um, <laughs> I've played this game once or twice, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, I like it. Okay. I like the grippy texture, uh, on the back. I like the triggers really well, actually. Um, the thumbsticks feel like just smaller than normal thumbsticks, uh, which is strange. Uh, it's not like awful. It's not game breaking, uh, you know, but it, I just would prefer a slightly larger one. And uh, kind of, if you look at the shape of the controller, the uh, handles are kind of angled up toward each other a lot more than uh, like the Xbox 360 or the Switch controller, uh, which makes it just have a smaller feel in your hands, which again, isn't terrible. And some people I've heard have actually really liked that, but I like a bigger controller. So I would prefer like a Switch Pro controller profile or uh something like that but uh but no it's it's not a bad controller uh it gets the job done uh feels good while you're playing so you know does what it needs to do 
How's the how's the D-pad? Um, the D-pad I haven't really used in a ton of games yet, but it has a very satisfying kind of clicky sound. I can I can push that, and uh, you can kind of hear that on the mic, maybe. Yeah, maybe I can a little definitely bit. hear that. Yeah, that and is it's, a very it's, clear clicky yeah, sound. Yeah, it's, it's very satisfying to kind of use, although I haven't played any games that really make any use, because, like I said, I've, all I've played is Halo and um, uh, Jedi so far. So... Get out of my way. I know where to go. <laughs> Stupid Marine. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys playing? Uh, why don't you go first? Why don't you go, Crow, and then I'll follow up. I have not played a video game in over a week. Oh, uh, man. I've been playing Clash of Clans on my phone, and that's about it. Um, but I have... Uh, I bought... Uh, what's it called? Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which will be playing that. And uh, Demon Souls for the PS5, which I'll be streaming for uh, four players. Sweet. So check them out. I've got. Uh, oh, I accidentally left Breath of the Lyles information on here. Uh, he was going to come, but uh, canceled at the last minute. So uh, go check him out on Twitch anyway. He's got his. Uh, I've got Breath of the Lyles plug on top of our screen uh, as well. You can also check out Crowbird's YouTube channel, um, which is linked at the top of the screen here. So check yeah. those out, and uh, you can also check out, look up the four players on. Uh, you guys are on YouTube and Twitch, or just YouTube? Uh, right now, just YouTube and Twitter. We don't have the setup for a Twitch. Okay, no problem. But we stream uh, from mine and from Perseus's. Yeah, so check them out. Lots of lots of fun stuff. Yeah. Um. So Chris, what have you been playing, Mister? Uh. So as you may be able to see in like the tiny corner of the screen here, while Sean s streams, you know the main course of games. I'm playing a little game called uh, Demon Crawl, oh, yeah. which is basically uh, Minesweeper, but if it was like a roguelike RPG. And uh, something I didn't know about this while I was playing, just as on this podcast, is I apparently clicked to start a new quest, and it actually had story content really bizarre story content like a cutscene I that I was not expecting because there was no other cutscene in the game nice uh, that so if you watch that out of the corner of your eye if you go back a little in this video and you watch that you you can see that so but I, I've been I've been enjoying it it's like minesweeper but a little extra also old standbys minecraft dead by daylight and a lot of the jackbox party games which are a lot of fun we uh Particularly the more creative ones, the ones where you have to make a uh, like quiplash, or uh, the ones where you have to give a speech, an impromptu speech, by the seat of your pants, and people just rate how well they like it. Mm hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's been uh, been my games. Sounds cool. All right, shall we go into the uh, news and ah? There's a guy there. Never reload. <laughs> news and get smacked. News yeah. and booze. Yeah, so the news and booze this week. Deep we shall. Uh, so Chicken Police released on Xbox One, PS4, Switch, PC, and Mac. According to the website's description, a wild tale of love, death, chickens, and redemption. Chicken Police is a buddy cop noir act adventure with a carefully crafted world, a gritty story, and lots of absurd humor. Uh, is it just me, or do I, am I not able to understand what that's about 
even with that little descriptive help. Uh, I, I feel like you really need to watch the trailer for this game. Uh, I had no <laughs> idea this game even existed, and uh, Xbox's YouTube uh, account uploaded a launch trailer for it earlier this week and it looks so fucking hilarious because basically every character in the game is like a human body with an animal head on top of them uh and so the main characters are like these chicken guys and they're making all sorts of weird uh, go cluck yourself kind of puns and you know stuff like that but it's it seems to be this like detective-y kind of film noir style thing uh it it looks hilarious i am pretty sure i am gonna get this game because it's uh it's just so fucking out there man i can't even uh, like you read that description i read that description <laughs> and i'm i'm like it's to me, it sounds like it's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, I would. I'd want to at least learn more about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if chickens are your thing, sure. I've noticed a yeah. lot of people. There's a lot of chicken-based games. I actually uh, a couple years ago recorded a game uh, that was called Crispy Chicken, and I honest, truly do not remember a thing about it other than guns were involved in some fashion. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Crispy chicken guns were involved in some fashion. Yeah, uh, so maybe it's a sequel. What? And I cannot stress this enough. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. It, uh, it'd be like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Oh, indeed it be. Uh, be it indeed. Two-year-old two leak is suddenly discovered, pointing at the possibility of Metroid Samus Returns for Switch. 2018, a promotional photograph showed the game superimposed on the Switch screen to show off Super Metroid-themed Joy-Con stickers. The same original photo has also been used to promote other stickers from the company. Uh... Yeah, I thought this was a weird thing that, like, suddenly people are looking at this image and being like, Oh my god, Metroid is coming to Switch! But it's like, this image has been out in the wild for two years and just nobody noticed. Like, I think I saw this and, like, I... Because the image looked familiar and I was like, I feel like I saw this Switch image and was just like, Oh, is that Metroid Prime or something? I don't... You know, I didn't put two and two together and figure out what Metroid game it was, because I figured it's mostly there to just show off the Joy-Con stickers. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little <coughs> unsure of why, pe of why people would be extrapolating this much this late in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I wouldn't call it a hint or a leak at all. Right. It seems... It, it, it's, it's a little bizarre to me. Yeah, I think Metroid Samus Returns coming to Switch would make sense, but probably not now. I don't know. Uh, it it yeah, seems it. really soon after. You know, it's only two years since its original release. Um, I think fans want it, and so they're kind of taking this story and being like, oh, it means what I think it means. They should just call it... Uh Samus, or wait, I had a funny thing and then I forgot it. That means we have to drink. Yep. I'll drink to that. Mm -hmm. So speaking Samus of... Samus' return uh, returns. There you 
Yeah, the return of Samus returning returns. It's yeah. it's just Samus going to the video store with a, a day late video and having to pay the extra 75 cents. Mm. <laughs> so speaking of drinking, um, my uh, Sean drinks something stupid this week in my Master Chief Cup is... Um, I was trying to think of a Halo-themed drink, and I was like, well, it's got to have Mountain Dew in it, and uh, Master Chief is a little bit of a crazy bastard, and crazy bastards drink tequila. So I was like, okay, it's Mountain Dew and tequila. That will work. Do you do you feel like hurting yourself? Not much. I mean, if I did, I could have played on Legendary. suppose that's true. Stinking guys. Get out of my way. You doing alright? You're doing alright. I think I'm doing alright. I haven't died what yet. What difficulty playing on? Uh, just normal. Anything more to say about the, uh, the quote-unquote leak? I don't think so. It's... I don't think it means anything. That That's, that's the short of it. Mass Effect Legendary Edition announced includes the original t trilogy made for PC and consoles, all DLC, and all promo items from the original releases coming 2021. Uh, I, I hope they don't Mass EA Effect? it up. Ma mm. Mass Effect. Mass Effect. It's Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Uh, I'll take a drink for that. Alright. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Uh, so I played some of the part of the original Mass Effect. Uh, I played, I think, like the first hour of the original Mass Effect, and I was like, this is pretty good, and then I never played it again for no good reason. I've never played it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so am I the person here who's played the most Mass Effect, despite the fact that I didn't even beat the first game? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, play more than about an hour? Yeah, I played more than about an hour. Did you play it at all? I, I did. I... <laughs> then yeah, you got his beat. Alright. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping EA doesn't screw up a re-release. Yeah, EA seems is like a pretty EA, straightforward so it's... Thing to do. Yeah, it's EA. Oh, and, and, and some consoles got released uh, oh, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's like a pretty important thing that might have happened, maybe. I don't know. That happened. That Probably. pretty much consumed my life. Yeah, so uh Crow, how are how are the front lines being a GameStop employee? It has just been nothing but phone calls. If y'all got that PS five, you guys got a PS five, one of the PS five pre orders not being held, they're all mm -hmm. gone. They're sold out nationwide. Every store, every warehouse, everything, they're gone. Yeah. Like <laughs> stop calling people. <laughs> Uh, it's what happens every console release compounded yeah. by COVID. Yeah, it's it's fun because everybody needs to play video games and stay inside, right? That's what the CDC yeah. recommended. It's true. It's a video games beat COVID. Mm-hmm. Can't get COVID if you're inside playing video games. Absolutely, <laughs> the truth. Video games—they're good for your health, at least in 2020. Yeah. I mean, actually, video games helped me lose 10 pounds once, because um, uh, I, uh, I I used to work at McDonald's, and uh, McDonald's, when you work there, you eat there a lot, and yeah. uh, 
So, so I, I, I was kind of fat. I mean, I'm, I'm, I literally still haven't shed all of the weight that I gained there. So, I, I should say, still am kind of fat. But, um, uh, in the peak of my McDonald's career, uh, me and my brother both took off a week from work to play the new expansion of World of Warcraft when it came out, when Cataclysm released. And so we literally just took off a week played video games and we weren't eating healthy we were just eating not mcdonald's uh we were eating like taco bell long john silvers and stuff like that every day you know panda express and uh we ended up both somehow losing 10 pounds on this cockamamie excuse for a diet (laughs) just by not eating mcdonald's for a week no exercise, nothing. <laughs> no exercise, just uh, wasting away, eating substantially less, feeding on the MMO. Mm-hmm. Feeding yep. off osmosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, how about that other console, Crow? Um, you got that in hand? Uh, I can. Well, hold on, it's on the other side of my office. Okay. Ah! That means we have to drink, because I put Carl on the spot, and he was not ready to deliver. Ah-ha-ha! I was not prepared. Ah, got my leg. Mm. Here it is. <laughs> it's, the box is gigantic. Look at that. You okay? Uh, let me take a drink. Nice. Uh, yeah, one of the things I actually really liked and appreciated about the Series S was that the box was not overly huge, and it was not even cumbersome to, like, take out of the box. Like, literally, once you... Uh, open the box it's uh, like literally in your face is your console and there's like two more flaps to open up to get your cables and your controller out and it's like the best packaging I've ever seen for a console it's so simple it's minimalistic it's not like foam after foam after foam you know all that kind of thing so I was I was very happy with the packaging for the series s so there's just no more. I, I yeah, you gotta like something like that. Yeah, it's like it's the little things that that I really appreciate. Yeah, the one thing I appreciate about this box is it's too fat to fit in any of our GameStop bags. It's got a handle. <laughs> like it's got a full-on handle to carry it out. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. And also, to maybe get it out of the box. Hold on. These things are like air seal. Hold on. Here, let's hold our consoles up and see whose is bigger. I'm a professional, I swear. <laughs> Can you even hold yours in one hand? <laughs> oh god, I got it. I could try lifting. I could try lifting up my uh, desktop over here, but I don't think I could. It's pretty heavy. Nice. So much cardboard. Like these things are super protected. Okay, here's the DualSense controller. I've been looking forward to holding this thing for a while now. Yeah. That's something that I feel like most reviews are are really praising it over the Xbox for at least that, that the controller is actually kind of moving controllers forward instead of basically just being another Xbox One controller. Yeah, so it... It looks more like an Xbox controller. Like, it's a lot... It's a lot beefier. Mm -hmm. This is... 
bigger than any dual shock thus far mm -hmm. i mean it's it's a little narrow at the tips um so it makes it hard like my pinkies kind of clip underneath but whatever mm -hmm. um but it's bigger and it's heavier than any other playstation controller and as someone who has gigantic fucking hands i really appreciate it that um, sounds good the buttons are nice because that's Ooh, my nice problem up. with my little old xbox controller here <laughs> It's a the but it's very simplistic, just white and black theme. I very much like it. Yeah. And one of my it looks like a bra. Things, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> one of the, one of my favorite things, and I don't think the camera is high enough resolution to capture it. Probably, yeah, certainly no, not no. in this tiny little box you are on my yeah. screen for the capture. But uh, it wouldn't capture it because like I can't even like see it very well. But you can see high res, like you can find pictures online. Yeah, um, it, the the backs the back is textured, uh, and it's textured by hundreds of thousands of little teeny tiny PlayStation symbols. So yeah, the, the squares, triangles, circles, and X's. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool little touch uh, on the texturing there. Also, something that one of my employees taught me today. Um, while the uh, the sensor pad uh, lights up. There's actually some LEDs inside the buttons as well, and you can hmm. download a, an app on your PS5 that will change the colors of your buttons. Huh. That's kind of neat. That's cool. Another one of those pointless features that's just like, that's neat. The more you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Universal power cable. That's good. You know, that down. DualSense is definitely up there for one of my favorite controllers already, though, just by feeling it. Granted, mm -hmm. if it if it had offset sticks instead of inline, I would like it a lot better. Oh, I, I walked off a cliff while I was shooting a banshee. I have to drink. That's what you get. HDMI. Yep. Kind of HDMI. That doesn't look like a gold play. Whatever. <laughs> they cheaping out on the HDMI. Yeah. Did you get the disc version or the discless? I got the disc version. All right. That's the right version for physical game collectors like me. I'm a little sad to have the Series S for that reason, but at the same time, I don't know that I'll ever buy a game for Xbox Series S because it has Game Pass. It's just going to yeah. sit under my box and under my TV, and it's going to be a little box that makes Game oh. Pass happen. Oh. So this is the stand... Uh, this thing is customized to be able to fit the uh, or the PS5, whether standing up or laying down. You can do either one. Mm -hmm. uh, but it rotates to reveal some like parts inside. I don't know what they do. Probably to fashion the PS5 in place. But that's cool. So mm -hmm. there's uh, some more shit. And that's it for the little things, it looks like. And now... You yeah, guys didn't know you were getting an unboxing on this video, did you? Uh, they did if they follow you on Twitter. They did. Me. Although they also thought it would be live if they follow me on Twitter. So sorry, guys. I tried. True. <laughs> they also we thought tried. that Lyle would be here. I pushed Look, the go live know. button and the app said I was live, but the YouTube didn't. Lyle had to go and sleep like a responsible adult. How dare he? I work in the morning and I'm slightly worried myself, but you know. <laughs> we... There's been like three or four times where we've planned to have Lyle and I on together, and only once has it actually come to fruition. Yep. Oh, last year, wasn't it? 
uh, once earlier, like we we did do one together earlier this year. I yeah. think there was supposed to be one at the beginning of the year, and then one or two last year. Yeah, I thought that and was fairly recently, but I don't remember. He dropped out of two of them, and I dropped out of one of them. Because, you know, life is... Holy fuck, this, this thing is huge! <laughs> Look at the size of this thing! Is it bigger like, than mine? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Just, it's just a little. Too. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> about the size of your torso there. It's kind of what that looks like. There is a 360. Yeah, that is uh, giant. Gigantic. Yeah. And yeah, why, why don't, why don't you hold that directly in front of your torso there? Yeah, is is it larger than one human torso? It's, it's, it's a little bit. Sm it's about two thirds the size is, of this torso. It is comparable size to a human torso. <laughs> oh goodness, it's very sleek. Very nice looking. There's the drive. He's got two USB 3 ports in the back, a uh, HDMI, Ethernet, power cable, and then one USB 3 and a USB C port. Oh, in the front. That's, That's cool. kind of nice because actually, one of the funny things is the USB C is on the controller for the Xbox Series X and S, uh -huh. but neither the Xbox Series S or X have a USB C port on the actual system. So, you can't actually get the increased speed that USB Type-C could actually potentially grant you, which they is also, an odd choice, but, you know. They also textured the uh, the inside of the faceplates, the, these these things, uh, are textured with the little PlayStation symbols as well. So That's cool. Okay, you fucking fuck. There you go. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask you your... Uh, kind of first impressions, but I guess we ha you haven't awesome. actually played anything on it yet because one of my little niggles with the Xbox is that the system menus are all kind of cumbersome and difficult to navigate. Uh, it's hard yeah. to find your options that you're trying to look for if you're not familiar with the system. I think everything's just laid out a little weird. I feel like they would have done better to take a more simplistic approach, like on the Switch UI, where it's just like, here is your friends list at the top, your games at the bottom, and, or your games in the middle, and your options in the bottom. Uh, I feel like there's not really any particular reason to have done it any other way. But, uh... Yeah. I mean, it, it works, and, uh... What's funny is that actually I'm kind of circumventing having to operate the system by doing most of it on my phone because you can like go into the Xbox app and just like tell your console to download games from Game Pass on your phone and then when you go home then it's like hey look they're already downloaded and I can play Nier Automata or whatever. So that's kind of cool. About the uh, PS5 media remote. It's a lot smaller than I thought it was. Uh -huh. And it's got a little uh, PlayStation button. It's an actual <coughs> button to turn the system on. I thought Neat. it was just a symbol. So. <laughs> I, I, just, I still don't understand why it has... So it's got buttons designated for Disney+, Plus, Netflix, and YouTube. Those make sense. But it's got Spotify's number four instead of, like, Hulu or Apple TV or something like that. Like, Well, I guess... Why? Getting one music app in there on the hotkey is not a terrible idea. I but guess. I don't know. It's a little odd. Mm -hmm. But I like it. Yeah. 
All right, shall we get into our video game topic? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, our video game topic this week is best system launch memories and uh, what was the best upgrade from one generation to the next. So, just kind of still talking about, you know, console releases. Uh, what did you think about this console generation in, uh, release in general? Um uh, I, I kind of think it would be interesting to hear from both of you because, Chris, obviously, you're standing on the sidelines. You don't have anything next-gen yet, really, do you? Yeah, I, I got <laughs> uh, no... Uh, no specific no plans to... Brain. Yeah, but uh, f- watching from the sidelines, what have you What have you thought about this one uh, and how, you know, in some cases it's been a total clusterfuck, but at the same time, you know, some of the f- features and stuff is actually still worth being excited about i think what do you think about this console launch generation well from the sidelines i'm like uh kind of sad that a lot of the kind of camping out kind of waiting to get a new console sort of thing is it's all it's kind of hampered by well you know the pandemic right the thing that's keeping us most of us indoors all the time yeah and you know killing people and stuff uh, so it's it's a shame that for a lot of people it's they can't have kind of that experience to, to make those memories to look back on yeah uh, obviously there's the problems with getting consoles to people that are endemic with pretty much every single console launch uh but that that's normal. That's just them not knowing how to deal with supply and demand, apparently, or mm-hmm. not getting enough produced immediately. Right. Yeah. Which, but you know, any big tech release, I feel like that's just an issue. It's it's always going to be. It was with the Switch. It was even with you know the Wii U had supply issues at launch it's just like you know you wait a little while and eventually it'll just all even out and it'll be fine um enough is never enough yeah it's it's a tricky thing to you know manufacture all the millions of units that people want at launch unfortunately it means somebody's gonna go wanting and some scalper is gonna make a buttload of money yeah I did. Weren't the, I did hear tale of, um, of scalpers picking up a whole bunch of consoles and then selling them for insane marked-up prices, which mm-hmm. I thought was like a solved problem. It's yeah, that was a weird thing because Walmart specifically was one of the kind of places where people were going and like literally they just don't have a rule about it. So I I saw one image of a guy that was walking out of walmart with six ps5s that he had just got there and he was i don't know if he was just the only guy there and nobody else came to that location or what but um he was uh you know he just bought six ps5s on launch day and you know most people i think should naturally be pissed off about that being a thing but at the same time it's like I mean, there was. It was no going to happen online anyway, but it's it's so it's 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 really a hard kind of case. 
I don't know. I still think um, people people like that, you know, resellers who find stuff that are in super short supply that, you know, people really want or sometimes mm-hmm. people that stuff that people need, you know, whatever stuff that they know, like people will pay whatever they charge because they don't have a choice. Like, I think people like that are absolute scumbags. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was camping out for the Super Nintendo Classic, there was a family in front of me that had, uh, like, the mom and dad, and they pulled their two kids out of school for this so that Mm -hmm. they would have four people there to buy four of these Super Nintendo Classics. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that is just super shitty that you're willing to exploit your children because you're going to scalp this shit. You fucking know it. Shoot them, you jackass. The scum of the earth. You, you know they're going to scalp them. Yeah. I mean, this has been a problem forever, and I was like, we kind of knew how to deal with it. I don't understand why this is... why they didn't put a, a limit on the number someone could buy. Because mm-hmm. Walmart likes money. Yeah. Yeah, but they would get their, they'd get their money either way. They, I guess ju- they just didn't care is probably right. a better answer. Yeah. yeah. It was like, with uh, with GameStop, we struck a deal with both manufacturers to do everything in our power to limit people to one console. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, some slipped through the cracks. Like, I I did have one that I'm sure happened on at my store. It was under the same name, though I don't remember it being the same guy, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like we did what we could to restrict people so that, that didn't happen. But, you know, people who yeah. want to be shitty will find a way to be shitty. Yeah, pretty much. Like that uh, idiot who's now dead. Yep, he's a shitty yeah. guy. He's trying to shoot me and shit. So I shot him and shit. Uh, yeah. So. Um, Mm. Booze. Um, but what other kind of memories do you guys have from other console launches other than this one? Is there any specific standouts of good or bad? Uh, go ahead, Carl. I haven't really experienced many console launches. Um, I grew up in a Nintendo family, so I wasn't... I didn't really experience the... 360 PS3 or the PS4 Xbox One launches, mm-hmm. but I do remember like the fiasco of the Wii's, and then the Wii U just slipped my family's radar for some reason. But mm-hmm. the, uh, I was there for my own sake, getting the Switch. Um, but it, I don't know. It's it's heartbreaking to like have to tell so many people no, like, I don't have this and I don't know when I'm going to get this. Uh, but it's also really nice for the people who did get, like, that I did get to see them pick them up, and for the folks who have it and they're able to, like, buy stuff for their new consoles, like, to see how much joy this brings them is really heartwarming. Like, (laughs) uh, it was the same way with the Nintendo Switch. Like, everyone was so super happy for anyone that got the Switch, like, 
it I don't know. This is just something special about new hardware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Switch launch was a really cool one for me because that was the first console I actually bought on launch day. Um, and I remember going into GameStop like the day that they were going to go on pre-order and made sure to get my pre-order in and uh, picking up on launch day. I had to drive across town from work on my, you know, like basically uh, uh pick up my switch and then drive directly back to work to finish my shift. <laughs> so it was, it was a kind of a cool time. Um, but, uh, that's the only one I've ever bought on launch day, but I've, I've had a, a couple others that I have bought, uh, you know, pretty close to launch. I bought a Wii actually surprisingly close to launch cause I got my first job, uh, right before the Wii launched, and uh, I got, like, one of my first few paychecks was actually, you know, I was just, like, on my way to work, and I stopped into Kmart for a soda or something, walking to work, and I figured I'd, you know, go just look at the video games, and they had one Wii in stock, and I bought it. Whoa. I was like, and that was during the whole you know, nobody has a Wii, and the guy's like, uh, yeah, we got a shipment of 10 in this morning, and that's it, that's the last one, so I was like, dude, that's freaking awesome, that I just kind of walked into it, um, and, you know, with one of my first couple of paychecks, I'm like, I have this much in my bank account, and not much else, so I got that, and, um, actually, it was funny, because most people were getting Twilight Princess, and you would have thought me, the big Zelda guy, would have got Twilight Princess with the Wii, but I had already played it on GameCube, so I was like, um... What's the point? I was, I was like, I might as well get something different, at least. Uh, so I got, my game I got with it at launch was uh, Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn, which actually, to this day, I think is one of the most underrated Fire Emblem games, because it's I feel like it's a sequel that does pretty well by the original and uh, really kind of stands on its own as a, a pretty good story. Oh, that that's the one of the Wii sequels to a GameCube games where they're like, oh no, the protagonist is evil, except in that game it actually made sense. Yeah, because it was actually kind of cool to kind of, you know, reverse the roles because, you know, the whole first game you're playing as Ike and fighting the evil bad guy King of Day in. And uh, then, you know, the sequel, you go right in and you're, you know, these guys who lived in his country. And from all the citizens' perspective, you couldn't tell that he was this evil, fucked up douchebag that he was. So they were like, oh yeah, Ike is a tyrant that, you know, came in and killed our king. He's this merciless bastard. And you're like, oh, this is actually a kind of an interesting take on it you know uh so i really liked that aspect of it and then eventually they came around once they met ike you know discovered more of the reasons more of the you know what the king of day in had been doing behind the scenes that they didn't really know about so I, I i thought it was just a really solidly put together story i thought it was you know at least as good as the average fire emblem game but i feel like that one gets a bad rap sometimes I don't think it was as good as uh, the first one, but, you know, what sequel is? Not many. 
you have any yeah. hilarious Wii stories, Crow? <laughs> no, I was, uh, I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't really quite <laughs> have that great of an appreciation for just how hard they were to find. Right. Uh, I think I told the story on the show in the past. Uh, my dad searched all over town and found the last one in the last GameStop in town and just got super lucky. So we had a nice. we had a week Christmas that year, and we played Wii bowling probably more than anything else. Right. Like that was a good go-to party game. Yeah. Um. I had a kind of a funny story with the Wii U as well, because uh, the Wii U, like, I expected it to be sold out everywhere, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was for, like, a couple of weeks, but it the it really didn't stay sold out for very long, so I just walked into GameStop one day, and I was like, I want a Wii U, and they were like, yeah, okay, we, we got, like, 50 of them, please take them, <laughs> you know, it wasn't quite that bad, but it was like, you know, they had... They had plenty of Wii U's just on hand, and it wasn't that far f- into the launch. So, mm. and and then that, that obviously the rest of the Wii U's life happened after that. So, right. we we all know that all history. All <laughs> went down the hill from there. Yeah, I don't know. I got my money's worth out of my Wii U. So, ah. I leave you alone for five seconds and you get fucking blown up. Dumbass Marines. Oh, you know. I'll, uh... I'll be right back. I got one more thing when I picked up my PS5. Ooh, we're gonna see something interesting. Alright. Um, so... Why don't we get into the other part of this question, too, while we're waiting for Crow. Um, is, uh, what was the best upgrade from one generation to the next? Because I feel like there's kind of a lot of ways we could go with this question obviously one of the big ones is going to be you know the upgrade to 3d in the 90s on every console but you know that came with its own set of you know problems because people had to figure out now that they could do 3d how to do it so that it didn't suck um so Uh, In some cases, it didn't feel like an upgrade, you know? I almost want to say 8-bit, or 16, uh, 8-bit to the 16-bit era Mm -hmm. upgrade, because I felt like that's when they started making a lot of the truly classic games and expanding on a lot of things. Yeah. That's a a good way to kind of look at it. Oh, God, Marine's dead. Warthog's falling down a hill. I'm not a great driver. (laughs) Better keep those kids safe. Right? I can drive a school bus, but not a warthog. Funny how that works. They they handle very differently. (laughs) They do indeed. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I'm I'm thinking, like, the difference between, say, Final Fantasy 3 and Final Fantasy 4 is astonishing. Yeah. The difference between A Link to the Past and Zelda 1 and Zelda 2 is pretty incredible. Yeah, like I, crazy leaps and bounds there. 
Yeah, so that's kind of a good point. Um, I don't know, because I guess I see your point, but I feel like... I feel like we need more discussion. Is <laughs> what I feel like, because uh, I I would be happy with that answer, but I feel like we need to you know go in more detail well, on, on mean, other parts of the discussion before I'm done. Damn it! I, I feel like Crow <laughs> should. Uh, I feel like Crow could give me a challenge here. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> oh God, Crow! You you right, pulling in there. your Xbox Series fridge or? Behold. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on my floor. Is that a giant-ass Snorlax? Snorlax. I got a Snorlax beanbag. He's fucking huge. Why did that guy uh, get in the passenger seat instead of the gunner seat? What a dumbass. Gunner seat okay. has a bigger gun. I can't bring it over to my desk because I have too much shit in the way. Well, stop putting um, it on your desk. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um... So as far as, like, console generation differences, um, I think, obviously, it comes down to experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I was too young to really remember the NES to SNES jump. Uh, for me, it was an NES to N64 jump. Um, but the fact still remains of... And it's the same reason, like, people ask me, you know... Why should I upgrade to the PS5 when I got the PS4? Like, what is the difference in experience? And I died, I have to drink. While at the time, NES to SNES might have felt like a big change, is like, oh, look at these clean, new, you know, sprites, and look at these crisp, pretty colors and the cool sounds. But like, in retrospect, the difference is not that different. Um, and I know that's kind of an unfair thing to say if you compare to, like, PS4 to PS5, like, it's a difference of 8 pixels versus a difference of, you know, 8,000 pixels. Mm -hmm. uh, but the biggest, di the biggest jump has to have been the generation from, like, SNES to N64, you know, the jump from 2D to 3D that is a complete change of the entire medium. You know, gaming as a whole changed. Mm -hmm. That, like, the SNES did, delivered a very different experience from the NES, sure, but not that different. But, I mean, there were so many different games just trying to figure out, you know, what can you do with 3D? What, How different is it? What is the experience like? Like, it was totally uncharted territory. When the SNES came out, you know, people were doing 2D for you know, ages. Like, yeah, going from Zelda 1 to Link's Awakening, or Link to the Past, rather, um, is quite the jump, and they're two very different, one's very impressive of a game, but you've still got the same general gist. The controls are more or less the same. Um, and the controllers are essentially the same. You just had, I think, like two or three buttons that are new. Well, but, you had four face buttons instead of two, and the big addition for the Super Nintendo was the shoulder buttons, which actually yeah. also added in some more potential, uh, which was used in not every game, uh, actually very few games. But uh, an interesting thing that I was <laughs> going to talk about is what I now realize 
shouldn't count because it was never released, but Star Fox 2 actually made use of those in order to make a fully 3D explorable world because mm-hmm. you could change your camera with the L and R buttons. Uh, so at that point, uh, where do you stand on that? That, you know, what you're saying, the jump to from 2D to 3D was... is you know, Super Nintendo to N64, but to an extent, the 3D era really began in the Super Nintendo before the N64 even released. Obviously, the N64 sort of solidified it, but Mm -hmm. I, I would almost argue that in addition to beginning the 3D generation, SNES also has kind of this, uh, the, the quality, the polish that, that Chris was talking about earlier, where really when you look at, you know, any original NES game, it just doesn't feel as good as any, you know, right. Super Nintendo game. And I think that that case can be made for pretty much any generation change within the same medium. Mm-hmm. Um, the NES had a modicum i would like eagle put it best of a 2.5 d is a better way to put it like you know zelda had a selective z axis so it technically had a third dimension right. star fox you could change the camera angles to move in different directions so it had a limited third dimension but it wasn't true 3d like you couldn't move freely in space in any which way you want to go right um it was 2d looked at in a different perspective but 2d is still 2d right um, 2D I, or not 2d <laughs> yes 2d I or would, not 2d i would almost argue that most 3d games you still can't move freely in three dimensions right um that's actually it, also yeah, a good I mean, argument <laughs> if, the game if the game does not give you the freedom to do so like Essentially, the only games that give you proper 3D movement is spacefaring games. You know, games like Star Wars Squadrons and No Man's Sky. You know, things where all axes come into play. Yeah. Uh, whereas games like Horizon Zero Dawn, I mean, yeah, you've got your 360 degrees, but it's still in a linear plane as opposed to full spherical motion. Right, yeah. Um, I would argue certain games that have a certain amount of verticality and actually use the 3D space well would kind of count, though. Because, like, specifically really well-designed 3D Zelda dungeons take advantage Mm -hmm. of all three axes, like you're saying, uh, at least as well. Uh, You know, and obviously, you know, you're not literally able to move along all three axes in any combination of directions you want, but you're still interacting with those three axes in tons of different ways in the best designed, uh, you know, 3D kind of games, especially like Zelda, especially, you know, Breath of the Wild, I would say for overworld design and uh, Ocarina of Time for the dungeon design make absolutely perfect use of their 3D space. I mean, Breath of the Wild 3D space was just on a different level. I mean, the the paraglider was a game changer in how people, or at least how I look at video games. Like, at this point now, 
any 3D game that I play, when I come to like a cliff's edge or just a high point and I look down, my first impulse is, oh, I can jump off this and glide down to that point. And then I have to remind myself, like, no, it's right. just one game. <laughs> like, I, I threw myself off a ledge and goes to Tsushima thinking that I had a paraglider before <laughs> slapping onto the ground and dying. I totally did the same thing the first time I replayed Ocarina of Time after playing Breath of the Wild. I just, <laughs> I'm like in the Deku tree and I'm, I just like jumped off of a, a place to get to the next point and I'm just like, oh, I can't, I can't paraglide. No. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but the other, there's two other things that I think are like define what makes a good generation transition. Um, refining a medium is obviously a major thing. Like Chris was saying, or it was either you or Chris, one of the two. It was me. Blizzard gets to me. I'll have to track for that. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the SNES definitely perfected and refined the. 2D generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this point, I think that last gen has perfected the 3D generation, but we also have not seen what this new generation of consoles can can you know accomplish. Yeah, um, that's a, a thing that I was thinking. Maybe we'll have to have a discussion a little further in of you know is the is this generational leap really all that much because so far my impressions of it are that it's not a huge leap obviously though i went with the cheaper system the series s is strictly speaking less powerful than you know the ps5 or the xbox series x by a fair margin it's only you know max output is 1440p instead of 4k it can still get the 120 fps in some games allegedly but uh you know until i actually see that in action and and how well it works it's hard to really judge because just by looking at graphics also one of the problems is that the series s doesn't really have a ton of games right now so most of the games that i'm playing are technically last gen games and they look like last gen games because because they are you know um jedi fallen order doesn't really look any better than anything i played on ps4 Mm-hmm. You know, it looks fine. It looks good, but it it's not a really very noticeable upgrade uh, over that- at least at this point. It's it's also yeah. not you know mastered perfectly for uh, you know because one of the things that they're saying is that you know when games get uh. A lot of the thing that they're advertising for Series X specifically is like enhanced for Series X or enhanced for Series S, at which point they can reach those 120 FPS, they can reach that 4K, uh, and that's on the developers, and I'm not sure very many developers, at least right away, are going to bother you know, doing this. They're going to be like, well, my game's already on the system, why not take the free money instead of spending more money to maybe make a tiny bit more, you know? Um, right. It's hard to say really how much you're gaining uh, versus how much you spend out of out of this. Because you know how much work does it take to upgrade something to 4K 120 FPS or or even 4K 60, depending on what what it originally ran at. Right. But I think in terms of mastering the genre, like that is an important thing. But depending on how much of an effect that actually has is on if that's 
like an actual determining factor because I think while last generation is the best thus far I don't think it has enough of an impact to make it a bigger gener generational leap from 360 PS3 to Xbox One PS4 as from Xbox original and PS1 to or I guess it'd be more like N64 PS1 to GameCube, Xbox, and PS2. Because, um, mm -hmm. like, the PlayStation 2 had some phenomenal-looking games that still aren't bad to look at today. Like, Metal Gear Solid 3 still stands out in my mind as the best-looking PS2 game. Mm -hmm. I, for the longest time, because I never owned a PS... Well, I, I had a PS2 for a little bit, but I only ever had Need for Speed Underground. Mm -hmm. um, but the for the first couple times that I watched... Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, I thought it was a PS3 game, mm -hmm. not a PS2 game, because of how good it looks. And especially when compared to the PS1, where every game looks like polygonal ass. <laughs> uh, so that that could be a good case study for how, you know, same hardware, different generation, the improvement is a marquee thing. Yeah. But I think the a more important thing, and this is why it's such a big thing for Nintendo and why they still stand so strong is uh, hardware innovation is the other major thing which comes down to you know that that comes along with the whole change in medium thing yeah but how how much of a different experience are you offering because new and different graphics is cool and pretty but after the first couple games then you're like okay I mean if I see them one and see them all but to go from 2d to 3d to have you know go from home console to hybrid to go from just, you know, standard games to VR games, like that's a whole different experience. Mm. Something that you can't get on the last generation and that's what makes a difference and how, like, what makes a generational gap worthwhile. So we're waiting to see what sort of experience does this new generation give us. Because going from PS2 to PS3, there's no difference in general or like experience you know you still got the same game going from three to four the games looked better and they ran better but the biggest thing was when they added vr like that made a huge difference um nintendo wii like going from 64 to gamecube okay you got better games and a better controller but outside of that still the same games going from gamecube to wii with motion controls like that is for pun fully intended, it completely changed the game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's another that's, thing that I was going to kind of bring up is uh, real big hardware differences uh, in terms of mechanically how you physically play the game uh, as opposed to just the graphics. Because obviously the graphics are, you know, the forefront of a lot of discussions, but I think at least as important, if not more important, is did it actually change the way that you game? Uh, which is one of the impressive things about this generation has nothing to do with the graphics. Because, like I said, my favorite thing about this is that I can turn on my Xbox, click the Jedi Fallen Order button, and within 10 seconds of turning on my Xbox, I am playing that game. That is mm. fucking nuts with how crazy, you know, games are today. You know, with how much it has to load, and it's loading that all you know, so quick with the Xbox, um, quick start, it's just insane how fast everything happens. 
so I think that's really the game changer for this generation rather than the graphics. Because like I said, the graphics don't look that much different. I would even say that Jedi Fallen Order on this machine doesn't look as good as Final Fantasy VII Remake on, you know, a last-gen system. But Final Fantasy VII Remake takes 10 minutes to load. Or so, you know, it's, it's not that bad. But it's it takes a while for most PS4 games to load. You know, at least a couple of minutes. But with the, you know, going into this generation, th that's, like, gone. And uh, mm. another thing I was going to bring up is the hardware difference uh, changing how we play games going from Wii U to Nintendo Switch. Because being able to take full home console quality games anywhere you fucking want, that's a game changer to me. That That is, to me, the biggest game changer in gaming. Like, I was like depressed as a gamer through the wii u generation because i felt like a bad gamer because i chose wii u <laughs> you know i didn't have either of the other consoles um but you know when switch came along it was like it feels good to be a gamer again and it, it fits into an actual adult lifestyle no matter what i'm doing in the day almost always i can you know, if I just bring my Switch with me, I can find a spare 20 minutes or something to play something. So I'm, I am I never feel like I'm stressing out about the, you know, little tiny bit of game time I get at home, which mm. sometimes I still have that problem if I'm really big into a PS4 game that it's like, you know, Doom Eternal is one that... Actually, I was going to talk about that briefly because I beat that this week, so yay. Nice. Uh, actually, earlier today. Um, actually, I also beat Breath of the Wild again today. I was going to talk about yeah. both of those. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I can't play Doom Eternal in front of my kids because, you know, they're they're six and four. This, this is not yeah. age-appropriate content. Um, so I need, I need more bullets. <laughs> but to answer your question, I would say, I would argue that the biggest generational jump would be from the end of the 2d to the start of the 3d so snes to n60 okay that's fair i died i have to drink again and i would still go with uh wii u to uh switch because it made gaming possible in some cases where it was not before because i played fun again yeah i i played the original doom uh, or not the original Doom, but Doom 2016 I played on uh, Switch, you know, and that was great, and I beat it a hell of a lot quicker than I beat Doom Eternal. I've been, you know, nipping away at that for months, and it was a great experience, but I feel like I really would have rather had it on Switch. I was just too impatient to wait for the Switch port. <laughs> Fair. Although now I can, oddly enough, have it on two other consoles before I have it on Switch, because it's also on Game Pass now. And I do still feel like uh, the biggest change was from NES to SNES era, 8-bit to 16-bit, and that had just a lot to do with the amount of memory available to work with. Just mm. the just being less constrained meant the designs mm -hmm. could get significantly more refined. Yeah. And I feel like N64 was N64 the first 3D era almost 
in some ways, it was there were more limits on it. Uh, but again, this is this is all a very subjective discussion. So right, yeah. Like, like with pretty much any of our discussions, it comes down to <laughs> all right. Well, we'll just call it a draw. Right. Yeah. Um, so another thing that I do kind of want to say as a as a game changer that really changes the way we think about playing about games, I want to know what you guys think about going into this generation, specifically for Xbox, because Xbox has a really different take on it. Because in addition to the new hardware with the load times and the FPS and blah, 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 and the teraflops, there's this giant focus from Microsoft on Game Pass and using games as a service. And where do you think that will go? And do you think by the end of this generation, will this become standard? And will this really become an innate part of how gaming works? It needs to go to hell and die. But it's so cheap. <laughs> There's so many games, Chris. I'm not... I'm not... So... I'm not going to be playing games that I'm going to have to continually be re-upping. Uh, subscription fee. I want to buy a game and own the game forever. That's fair. In general, I'm with you, but at the same time, I am with you with, uh, you know, I, I would have said the same thing about movies, but then when Netflix came out, I was like, oh, I can watch movies. I don't have to own them, you know, and then that way I get to play a lot of games or on Netflix, I get to watch a lot of movies that I might have otherwise just not picked up because I didn't want to spend, you know, 60 bucks on so, it or so 20 bucks for a DVD. Here's the thing. In isolation, I think gaming, s streaming games is a good thing. I don't like what it points to because of what's happened with other kind of games uh other like programs as a service mm -hmm. models where, where it's at first you could buy the program and then suddenly they transition to a service model and you can only get the service yeah so if they were to do that it, that's why i'm saying this needs to go to hell and die before they inevitably try this because games are software and they're not like movies that you can still go out and buy if you right. want to that's fair. That's a fair concern. I... It would be willfully ignorant to say that that's not a thing that could happen. We can only hope that that isn't a thing that happens. And I think, like, companies... Like, I think they were, they were trying that with xCloud. And mm -hmm. that was the concern with the Google Stadia, that that would become the norm. But there was so much pushback and such a failure on Google's part. Uh, I think that shows us that at least for another generation, we're safe from that becoming the norm. So as mm -hmm. Game Pass is now, I think it is an excellent service. Like I think it is the best service in gaming because you don't have to get it. Like You can just stick with Xbox Gold. But... Mm -hmm. um, if it is a thing that you want to have, or if, say, you can't afford more than that, like, it's a good opportunity to have a gateway into a, a bunch of different genres, try out a multitude of different games, and if you don't like them, you know, it's not like if you bought the game digitally, you're just saddled with it, or, you know, if 
you bought the game physically, I mean, you can sell it back, but at a, like, discounted cost. Like, if you don't like the games, don't touch it again. But, I mean, with as many games as you have available to you, like, 15 bucks a month, even if you just play one game for that month, like, yeah. you know, a lot of games become available to Game Pass mm -hmm. at launch or shortly after launch. Like, Red Dead Redemption, like, shit, 15 bucks to play that game? Hell yeah. That, that game is worth every penny of that. Yeah, I was I was looking at this actually uh, in my kind of why I chose the Xbox this generation article, which you can catch on two guys playing Zelda.com. What the hell just happened? Oh, there's a guy with a sword there, and he's invisible. So yeah, um, I, go ahead. In in theory, I would be okay with. Uh, I I in theory, if you kept streaming a game or games as a service isolated to how it works now, I would be fine with it. But given that they're always trying shit like, oh, uh, I'm buy I'm selling this game and I'm also selling this battle pass that you need to pick up to get content updated uh, mm. and all these spare DLCs, so if you want to get everything, you better pay for that. You better pay that extra dosh. Uh, you just know that eventually they're going to try to be like, hey, our game is just a service, and you have to pay monthly or else you won't have access to it. I mean, technically, games have been doing that for a long time. You know, see every MMO ever. Yeah. So, I don't feel like this is as new as we're necessarily making it out to be. Um, and it, de it depends on, I'm like, I'm thinking like, they're going to try this with single player games. Yeah. Or at least some of the like really shady, shitty companies are going to try this. Yeah, and that anyway. right that that kind of brings me to another uh, point I thought of is you know kind of the way that Netflix sort of started this. I feel like Game Pass is sort of starting the precedent. You know, like they're the first ones to dip their toe in the water, and and they're really taking a full plunge. They're really going all in and expecting this to do really well, and. I think they're. I think they're right. I think it's gonna do really, really well through this generation. I was seeing that apparently seventy percent of people who have a new generation Series X or Series S have Game Pass. So that's already a pretty good number. Um, but what do you guys think about you know when more people try to do this and then? You know, because down the line, it could be ending up like how it is with all the different streaming services right now. Like, everybody seems to want to make their streaming service because it was so successful for Netflix. And then you get things like individual companies that make films trying to advertise their, you know, content as a streaming service. So you get the DC, you get the, uh, with its like couple of unique shows. And uh, you get the uh, CBS All Access, where it's got, like, some CBS old sitcoms and some new Star Trek shit. And really, you know that subscribers are only there so that they can see the new Star Trek shit. Uh, and, and that's when I think it will get to a problematic scenario. Because, you know, what if Ubisoft says, okay, you have to pay 15 bucks a month to by you know to, to just have access to our games uh could that end up being like 
as shitty a prospect as it is for various streaming services now for the film industry? Could be like that and worse is what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Uh, which of course means it. Uh, in in that case, you might not even have the recourse to piracy if they go down the one route I suggested. Uh, not that mm-hmm. I'm advocating piracy. Uh, seriously, if you like a game and you want to support the game creators, you should buy the fucking game. Yeah. Uh, but in the case of like, Ubisoft's game streaming service, it just sounds like a good reason to check out of those things entirely like ubisoft and like ea specific and then what is it i'm sure epic game store would want to get right yeah something something like that yeah you know hey pay 15 bucks a month and you get unlimited access to you know Fortnite and unreal tournament and all that shit yeah something like that but at that point you know that most people would just be playing Fortnite, they're just paying the 15 bucks for Fortnite. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, it kind of comes down to how they market it, how they, <clears throat> you know, make it work. And at the end of the day, though, I feel like most of these things, for video games at least, would at least have the option to buy as well. You know, because... If you say to Ubisoft, hey, yeah, I'll pay, you know, uh, 70 bucks for your next Assassin's Creed game, right? Then they're not going to say no. You know, if you don't want to subscribe and you want to pay 70 bucks, I bet they'll let you, you know, at least for the foreseeable future. So I don't think we'll get quite into the hole that, uh, you know, all the streaming services are for the other stuff where it's like, I would like to subscribe to CBS All Access to watch that Star Trek shit, but it's not worth the buy-in price for me for just some Star Trek shows, right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't need another streaming service for one show. Or or even, I think there's three of them now, because there's like the, the something about the holodeck, and there's a Picard show, and something else. So it's like it all sounds really cool. I would love to watch these shows, but I don't want to watch. I, I don't want to pay that much extra f- on top of you know I'm already paying for Disney and Netflix. I'm like that. That's plenty, you know. Sometimes I think that's too much content, <laughs> but you know I use both of them, so I'm like it's good enough. Makes sense. <clears throat> um, so I don't think we're gonna get that deep into that hole at least in the foreseeable future i think we could get into that hole eventually but i feel like game developers are gonna let you like i said you know you want to pay 70 bucks for assassin's creed they're gonna fucking let you i think the biggest thing and this will be the last thing that i contribute and then i gotta go because i have some other shit i need to do okay i hate to cut and run that's all right I think, uh, I think we'll cut the thing... podcast after that then, because uh, we've got... Uh, I, I actually forgot to pick a table topic. <laughs> nice. Oh, good job. Drunk um, it podcast. Yeah, so I have to drink. <laughs> yes. Um, I think the oh. biggest thing that is, like, the deciding factor for whether they do it or not is money. Like, at the end of the day, all corporations want money. 
And so if uh, if the only option to play games is through a service like Game Pass, uh, obviously the developers will want a cut of Game Pass to yeah. be able to pay for your game. So mm-hmm. if they're only charging 15 bucks a month, then you know the more games you have, the more it dilutes the profits, the less everybody makes. And sure, they could run up the price, but then you run the risk of alienating people and them just not making and not like just that people not buying it. And so they don't make any money. So I don't think we're going to see that become a reality for a while mm-hmm. until they find a viable business model. And if they do, like if it does come to that, I don't think it's going to be some sort of end all be all type thing. Like I think there will be an understandable thing about it because again money comes down to it and if they lose their customer base they lose their money yeah and with that i am signing off for the night you guys can wrap up without me i presume Um, Uh, i suppose if if anybody doesn't know who i am or where i'm at (laughs) at this point then they've probably not seen it's actually on screen right now if you want to follow him on twitter he's got his handle on screen as well as his uh YouTube uh, information right there. So check out Crow. Uh, he does other stuff. He's also with the four players. Uh, so thanks for coming again, Crow. Uh, and as always, I'm your host of Drink to the Past. Sean Michael Patrick Thompson is my name. Uh, and I've got my glorious co-host. Hi, I'm Chris. Uh, excited to not have to think about politics for at least a month. Audette. Uh, you can find my writings on HIO and Drive Through RPG. I've written House of Flowers, a D and D old school D and D ish compatible adventure uh, that you can pick up for any price you like, including the price of free. I also co-wrote Five Cataclysms Core Rules Beta Edition uh, with another often reoccurring uh, guest on this show, Nick. Uh, and you can pick that up for any price you like. Uh, you can also pick up Nick's Adventures, and they are good. Uh, they cost money, but they're well worth the price. Yeah, so yeah. check them out. And then um, we're going to head to our last segment of the podcast where we just talk about you know inane random stuff until somebody says something really awkward, and then I can cut off the podcast. So... Uh, um, yeah, uh, I, I beat Doom Eternal, uh, like I was saying earlier. Um, uh, I, I was kind of disappointed by the final boss. Have either of you played through all of that? Probably not, Chris. You don't play much shooters. I haven't played uh, Doom. I, yeah, I haven't played that. Mm-hmm. Most okay. I've watched is uh, one of my friends watched her play it for a little bit, and she had the uh, Unicorn Slayer hot pink outfit. Nice. So <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, so I won't spoil anything, but I didn't care that much for the final boss fight. Uh, but uh, overall, I, I liked the game pretty well. Uh, not as well as Doom 2016. I feel like it was bogged down a little bit by the uh, kind of random platformy elements that you know weren't badly designed, but just felt out of place. And uh, a couple of the boss fights were just it's all right site yeah it's kind of a shame yeah and i also beat uh breath of the wild today because i uh finally finished through my last playthrough 
collecting all the memories again because I wanted to just hype myself up for Age of Calamity next week, basically. And next you're going to beat Breath of the Wild for skipping out on us. Yeah, I'll beat him, beat him good or something. Yeah. <laughs> Put him or in something. your sex dungeon. As long as I don't beat him off, 